Now, before we um, start the next screening, um, uh, enough of me blabbing, we've actually got the director of the film um, who's going to introduce it. So please give a round of applause to Jean-Marie Tenot. Come together to take a decision. That was almost like a 
kind of uh, direct kind sort of democracy that people don't even have in many places. You put people together, and at that time women had a say to, it was not like in the cities where women didn't have anything to say. In, the, in, the, in, the, uh, in our society, there was a space for this dialogue and people would speak and, and then make a decision. So, So I went also uh, on a kind of yearly pilgrimage of my dad to my dad's village at mm -hmm. Christmas time. And it was kind of fun, but it was also sometimes boring. Mm -hmm. um, and I wonder, is there like a generational aspect to all of this as well? A lot of the people you featured in the film were older, middle-aged and older, let's say. Mm -hmm. Was it a conscious decision not to feature younger mm -hmm. people and their attitudes? Well, that's a perfect was not so old actually. He looked, uh, he was in his 30s. Okay. So he was not really I'm old. Definitely not old because I'm in my 30s. So <laughs> let's <just> agree <laughs> on that. But, but he was a subprefect, so he was trained. But I'm talking about you know, uh, the young people in yeah, the 20s. And, yes, 20s. Um, why did, didn't I really incorporate them? But the young woman at the end of the film, she's in her 20s. Uh, she's the one who questions. She, yeah. And, and also a film like that, uh, going back and thinking about all these questions. I didn't have any relevance of asking a young person what he, what modernity for him would be actually, because of course it was obvious. Whenever we do a congress in the village, all the young people would come from the city and they were dancing every night, music, and, and that was fine actually. I didn't, I went through that also. As a, when I was young, but some of the aspects... But does, does that mean it's okay for them, but for the older people who should be making decisions, it's not okay for them? No, it's okay for everyone, actually, because dancing was okay, but when you reduce the whole thing to only that, that was not, it's not okay anymore. Yeah. And also when consumption, and especially beer consumption, becomes the only motto. Mm -hmm. So this space that was created at that point to really bring people together and make something out of it, just seems to disappear gradually to just become a, a big party. Not that I have anything against the party, but <laughs> don't misunderstand me, but yeah. at least when you see how the, the village and how the place is going bad, let's take the football pitch because, for instance, we all love football, we, are, we like to play football, but before playing football, we had to make the field look okay to play football on the field. But what happened was that people who were running the Congress would say, well, you don't have to all come and do the physical work. Just give money so that you can pay someone to do the work. So people give money, but then the work will not be done. So no one will, do, will, will be responsible anymore. So suddenly the money will, will come and take out, away the conscience of people regarding their own environment because they were playing football, you couldn't even see the ball, and, and people were just upset because they said that we paid for people to do that, so we didn't have to pay and do the work as well. And so the whole why, notion of why do you think it's happening then? Why? Because of the sub-prefect, you know, you see the attitude of the sub-prefect. When people have power, they start having this kind of attitude, which is totally in contradiction with the kind of responsibility that used to go with power. But I mean, you don't just point out the sub-prefect, you also kind of allude to uh, the subprefect is talking about companies who sponsor events, but they don't sponsor cash. They basically give T-shirts and drinks, yeah, yeah, yeah. things that help their brand. 
Um, so it, it's they're not. It, you can't. We can't point all the fingers at. Uh, at just a yeah. Yes, but at the same time, the company will be stuff like uh, pasta, Coca-Cola, bags, T-shirts. But to register to the Congress, you have to pay money. So people put money to register, and then when they receive uh, as cash, as prize cash, was just what was given by sponsor. So suddenly people say, but usually there was some cash price, so where's the money? So it's always a way of, so these are just a kind of small metaphor of how the country itself is run and how money and investment of public money is being done at a bigger level. But even in the level of a small village where things were working smoothly, you could see that how the whole thing operates and people always fight to have to be in responsibility, but not to do the right thing, but most of the Okay, and um, uh, the other theme I talked about, about looking back, you know, you, you end with this idea um, uh, that those who made sacrifices fight, fighting colonialism, you want them to be remembered. Yes. Is that something you think today we're failing at, remembering those heroes? Yes, especially in Cameroon. Because um, in Cameroon, uh, we have all the people who fought for independence, and Cameroon is a very special place for that. Those who fought for independence never came to power. We are independent, but those who fought were just not in power. Actually, France managed to isolate them, to expel them, and give power to those who didn't want to independence. And therefore, because they didn't want independence, they accepted French people to be their advisors. So actually, we seem to have become independent, but actually we just had people who were put in the front, but the whole system was working just as usual. So we had a so-called independence, but things they never changed. So these people are, are not concerned with the well-being of the vast majority of the people. So even since 98 to now, you don't see any improvement? But there are small improvements, but things are really very bad. And we have had, since independence, two presidents. The first one was there for um, 82, for 22 years, and the second one, he had been there for 34 years, and he's planning of running again, he's 84, and he wants to run again next year, and people are already starting to make rallies asking him to run again. And there have been some dramatic events happening in Cameroon recently. Uh, between Gaoudi and Douala, the two main cities, at one point, the road, the only road that was decent, there was, the, the road collapsed at one point, so there, there was no more possibility, but there was no more possibility for people to go from between these two cities. And so what the everybody people did, they went to the train station. There was one train uh, from Yaoundé to Douala. And, and so when they saw that situation, that there were so many people wanting to travel, they added nine, nine wagons to the train, and everything was so overcrowded, the locomotive could not pull the, all this. So at one, when it was going down a little bit, so there was a, a major problem, we couldn't stop. So there was a big catastrophe in Cameroon, uh, 21st of October, and officially they said there were 80 people who died, but there were around 400 people. And the rail station, the train station is controlled by Bolo Ray, a French company.
have not even been able, at that point, the president was on vacation in Switzerland because he most of the time lives in Switzerland and comes occasionally home. So the French president had even to force him to, go, to come back to Cameroon after this major catastrophe. He came and he never went to visit the site of the, of the thing. So the but, there are, but there are protests uh, against the government. People are not protesting because they are shooting bullets. And so whenever the, even the lawyers protested recently and they were brutalized. So it's really a situation calling for an up, uh, uprising. uprising. But that's, we're still waiting for the, that to happen. But it's not really happening yet. Yeah. I mean, you are seeing it in other countries in Africa. In DRC, people are uh, um, protesting against an extension of um, the president's term in Burundi. I asked a question, similar question to Miguel, are, are you optimistic? Well, can you talk about optimism? You know, I've spent all my life hoping and fighting against this government and uh, our children are starting and having the same, almost the same situation. And what can we tell them? Our parents kept saying to us, but don't get involved with politics because you might get killed. And we had, what are we going to say to the kids? <coughs> Don't demonstrate, don't. But the situation is really, I cannot say if, whether I'm optimistic or not, but the thing is, at one point there will be something dreadful happening because that has to change at one point. Well, okay, we don't want anything dreadful to happen, and your, your film has a, a, a message. So, what do you hope to inspire young Cameroonians watching this with? What, what message is that? The message is that. Uh, well, it's a very conflicted message because actually things will only change if people go into the street. When people go into the street, there will be bloodshed. So how do we, how do we change this country? We've been, there are writers, people like Ashid Mbembe, uh, there are many writers, most of the intellectuals are out of the country. But, so how do, it's a really serious question. I cannot advise any kids to go into the street and get shot, but at the same time, how will change happen in the place if it, there is not a confrontation? So we probably a bloody confrontation, but no one knows when that's going to happen. All right, before we open it up to uh, the audience, just a couple more questions. Um, <laughs> just like, are you desperate, you guys? Um, just about the fall, like one thing I, I noticed, and I, I enjoy speaking to you outside as well, I can tell that humor is also important. It's kind of a, a drog, dry sense of humour. Um, how important is that in, in getting your message across? Well, when you are in the desperate situation, what's the point not being, being sad also? So people laugh, the people don't laugh. The laughter has to be interpreted in so many ways. It's also a way of continuing to, to accept what you cannot really change at the moment and also to Laughter is a way also to, to accept life, to, although you cannot completely change what is happening. And it, was, it was a conscious choice by you in the movie. From, from my first film, laughter has always been something important. And actually, I wanted to make comedy when I started making <laughs> movies. And, and I was caught into making documentaries, and unfortunately, <laughs> documentaries and the reality is not so so funny, so I try to put some sense of humor to distance myself from that and 
take that distance and continue to. Ah, that's interesting. So you need to protect. Is that because you've just been completely miserable otherwise, or? Well, can anyone can anyone be completely miserable or completely? Oh, I know people. I know well, people. But, but I'm not. Oh, what I've done is making films. I enjoy making films, and it's always fun to to laugh, to put some commentary, some text, image, play. It's playful and it's good. It's, yeah. it's fun. So, and also it's a very a rewarding kind of art form because you can combine so many different elements, text, uh, image, uh, poetry, and everything, music. So all these contribute to, to bringing not only awareness, but also a sense of uh, entertainment, in a way. Um, do we have um, any questions from the audience? No, at the moment? No one brave enough? Okay, one in the corner. Okay, yeah. Hi. Um, yeah, I enjoyed this film a lot, actually. Um, but I find your nostalgia a little generic, perhaps. And um, at the end, of course, you do you do return to this to this promise of modernity, and you you are you know you suggest that there might be an alternative modernity that we that might emerge at some point. And I just wondered, in which way would that modernity be different from the one that you uh, that you represented? Um, well, for me, modernity has always been present, actually. Whenever people sit within a community and think about their community and think about really improving things, that's modernity. And in every community, there have always been modernity. And uh, to claim that and to want to reduce that to only having it to school, university, to Europe, or to the city, is something that I really didn't accept. And so I was making fun of that concept all along the, the film, and at the end just saying, well, uh, our parents were also more than every human being when they are in an environment, in their environment, when they start thinking and trying to make their life better, are modern. So we cannot just reduce it to progress. Progress is one thing and modernity is, a, is another thing. So for, I was just trying to say that we, we find modernity everywhere when people start thinking and not accepting life the way it is, actually. And that's part of human behavior. Was when this film is shown in, in your own country, in Cameroon? Oh, the, the, the reaction, the film was even shown in my village actually, and even recently. And it was funny because the question they came to me and said, Your film is a political film. And I said, Yes, but life is political. <laughs> and they said, Yes, but are you afraid you're going to get into trouble? I said, Well, if I get into trouble now, it's okay, it's time. I mean, <laughs> I will leave sometimes. So. So the reaction was that people enjoyed it, people liked it, and, but they were afraid because they were dealing with things that were deeply political. And making film and making film is political, and making documentaries especially is even, even more so. But did they reminisce like, like you, and did they yearn for the old days, uh, or, or do they just think, well, it's charming, but yeah, that's not going to happen any, anymore, we just need to look forward? Well, the, the relationship to the old days is really 
uh, interesting because that road that was not existing anymore. Many people remember that road. Of course, everybody is happy now that you have the paved road and everything. But uh, they are also so uh, sad by the fact that the Congress doesn't exist anymore. And there is the connection between the older and the younger generation is non-existent anymore. So the only thing that people do now, you have internet even in a village. You have internet, you have YouTube. So whenever they want to do party now, we go and we start a YouTube song and it just goes through all the songs that look the same. And so all this is, is a, it has become a global phenomenon everywhere. But yet, uh, the, the problem that people were talking about in the village, no one, is, no one cares about that anymore. It's, it's over, no one wants to deal with that. Everybody thinks, how do I get as much money as possible, as soon as possible? And that's the only concern. And that's also one of the failures that us as African filmmakers, because when you look at the history of African cinema, it was supposed also to contribute to education as well as entertainment. These were the two goals, because coming from a place where education was so little, uh, after the independence, people thought that the level of literacy was also very high. People thought that cinema could bring some awareness to the environment, to the social issues, and, and the first filmmakers really tried to articulate that. And of course, documentary was really part of what would really be so important at that time. But gradually, there was a shift, and even the documentary now, the young generation of documentary filmmakers, are more trying to emulate what is uh, coming from the West and what is, and not really getting, worrying more about how the film will have resonance with the outside audience. And the local audience doesn't seem to be important because they don't have any money. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this is the thing. There are, how many cinemas are there in Yaoundé? There's not, no more cinemas. So it's not just a question of you, you, know, you, um, you don't want to reach the local public. You can't survive if you try and do that because you can't earn, your, earn, earn a living. That's true. And the television. You can't blame them for that. I'm, I'm not blaming. I'm just saying that it's uh, the tendency is that. But at the same time, when you are just making films, that will only appeal to commissioning editor. Wondering how can I have the European commissioning editor to be interested in my work, and not really worry about what the film, how the film is resonating with your own people. So suddenly it becomes, you are almost in a very strange situation where you are not speaking from where you are, you are speaking from the place where some people are and they want to see you speak like that in your country. And so it's really troubling because how do we reclaim the, the, the cinema and the expression? Because the first thing a filmmaker is, where do I speak from? And whoa. Who is speaking actually behind what I'm saying? And that's something essential in documentary. It's almost like we are, we are losing that criteria because the global globalization also wants to globalize the way you are looking at things and the way you are showing things. But I don't think that somewhere in Europe or in the US they have a box with all the way of storytelling and they, they, everything is there. So everybody on the planet has to come there and pick. We have a great storytellers in Africa. We've had so many, so why can people accept that we can tell stories in a different way? So it's uh, also an ongoing battle. 
how do we have different voices, different approaches, and different topics. That resonates also, and that brings people awareness to what the situation on this continent is. Um, any more questions? I have one. I mean, did this match your expectations making this journey? What were your expectations and, and yeah, were they, did they end up being realized? Or? I, I wanted to have fun and I had fun doing the journey. Because I was in the journey with a camera and I was really remembering what things and, and yeah, for me it was a great moment, a great journey, thinking, questioning. And it's not going question because it's a question that we always ask ourselves as time goes by, the I do things and you look at things are how things are changing. And I try to, to to capture that at one point and see, okay, thirty years later this is how how things are changing. And if I did the journey again today, it will be totally different journey. So it's uh, one point in my life I wanted to do that trip again and and I had fun, it was, it was great, and, and many people in the film are not here anymore, but that's how life goes. Yeah. Um, and uh, a final question from me. Um, you ended the film with, with a message about um, the fact that modernity should be about improving uh, the lives of as many people as possible. Um, if you could choose one, one film or documentary for President Bia to watch, what, 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 would, you, what would you suggest? What would I suggest him to watch President Bia? Well, I think if only one would not be enough, I think he should start watching almost every, uh, most of the African film and start by watching my films. Africa to Primere, Homage, uh, A Trip to the Country, Clando. I mean, if you yeah. could eat a chef. <laughs> need help remembering your own <laughs> Yeah, he would. Yeah, but really, because it's almost like all my work. Unfortunately, I wanted to make film to have fun, but I started with one film and it raised one issue, and the next film was raising another issue, and so on. And sure. I kept going on, and you don't realize that 30 years has gone by. And, yeah, and I haven't made a comedy, so I'm still hoping to make a comedy one day. You have to. You <laughs> yes. have to. Yes, at the back. Thank you very much for this film. It was uh, confusing for me to look at it because I myself lived as a child in Cameroon, in Fumbang, near Bafusam. Mm -hmm. So it was also a kind of um, uh, great recognition, all the views I saw. But I experienced a kind of a conflict of loyalties in myself. And I wonder perhaps if you can also uh, perhaps feel that uh, conflict of loyalties when you are traveling between your uh, village and uh, the other parts of Cameroon and perhaps if you live outside of Cameroon. Is there a conflict in you and how, uh, how does that work? That's my first question and perhaps uh, do you have a wish uh, for uh, the development in Cameroon or the life in your village? Well, I don't understand the kind of conflict that you're experiencing, because... You, you don't experience that conflict? Well, can you maybe just flesh out, what is the conflict of loyalty exactly that you felt? Um, I, I can perhaps explain 
something about my uh, past. My parents were working there for uh, for the development of uh, a hospital in uh, in Pumban. And um, I wonder if it was helpful for Cameroonians that there was a contact between the culture of Europe and the culture of uh, Africa, so, like that. Yes, okay, but this is a very broad question. Maybe when you saw, if you saw the film I did, The Colonial Misunderstanding, we touch it more into that because the, the encounter between Europe and Africa and the whole coloniza colonization process, I don't, I don't feel any conflict of that sense. What I see when I go through that, I cannot feel the same thing that you are feeling when you, your parents went to build a hospital. And of course, building a hospital is just a building. So people have been able to build buildings in Africa for so long. So we didn't really need people to come from Europe to build, to make buildings. But that's part of the whole question. But it was good that you were prepared to build buildings, but you cannot feel any, you are not responsible, I'm not responsible. That's how the whole situation developed. There were doctors who came from Europe to, to, to cure people and that was that was that was good that was a good thing when doctors go and bring help to people and train people all these were, were positive things uh, but uh, as people say when you go someplace to help people and if you decide that that help is going to be a permanent kind of thing where you're just going to be coming and helping people that's not when you go to help people become autonomous and continue their own work, that's another, another approach. So, uh, when independence, when during the colonial period there were not so many people trained, and gradually they were training and, of people, and now you have people who are trained locally to be doctors and everything. So that evolution, there's nothing wrong with that. But if today again someone will leave and say he's going to be a doctor in, in Cameroon, or that's where there is a problem. But the bigger problem is that these countries have so much resources, and yet you don't have hospitals. The hospitals are not everywhere. Uh, they are not building hospitals. People are having all this money, buying houses in Europe, everywhere, but not building hospitals locally to cure people. And when they are ill, the first thing they do is come to Europe to get, to get cure for themselves and leave the rest of the population not receiving uh, good healthcare, so that's really a terrible thing. When you consider the fact that Cuba, for instance, has the best medical, without so much resources, I wonder why come in Africa, in many places, you don't have the same level of, of, of health and education. So for me, that's where the question really is. And if I had one wish, if these people had the, the, the good of the people in mind, that would be a lot better situation, Africa will be in a better situation. Those who are in power now, if they have the, the interest of their own people in mind, that Africa will not be in the place where we are in this moment. But there is progress, there is progress. It's not everywhere. Yes. Listen, let's end um, with a, and very quickly. Yes. What would be your wish indeed for your village? For my village, for my country. Very quickly, Jean-Marie. Well, it's going to be very quickly. What, what I wish is that, that, that we are resting in peace and that we don't have a war after he, he, he lived, and that we really have people who stand up so that we can organize an inclusive way of looking at the future and 
Because you have people who are trained and who have education who can do that. We want the transition to be smoother and and yes, and into the future in a better way. Good. Thank you very much. A round of applause for